Attention everyone, the unpleasant truths you're about to hear are not a mistake. The realest show on the planet. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect management or its sponsors. This is Willie D Live with your host, Willie D. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Ivory Mayhorn is in the building. All right. Let me tell you something. If you don't know this guy, you need to get to know him. You dig what I'm saying? Now, you may not know him personally by just looking at him, but I'm sure you know his work. Anytime you've seen a young man who may have come through his program and turned his life around, at-risk individuals, uh, people who uh, have been uh, involved uh, had to do time in prison, at risk all the way around. This man right here is probably laid hands on him. You've seen his work. Man, thank you first and foremost for all the work that you do, the continued work that you do. I know it ain't easy all the time, <laughs> but, okay. but, 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 you know, you put it down for real. I mean, you, you get out there and you don't just talk about it, you be about it, man. How did you get involved in, in what you're doing? First of all, you know, you, you're, the, you're the founder of Launch Point Community Development Center. And, uh, and that's where you do a lot of work at. That's right. Well, D, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show today. I really love the work that you're doing. I uh, thank the community for listening today. And I promise you in this conversation, uh, you'll, you'll be able to take back something really strong that you can use every day in your life. Uh, once again, my name's Ivory Mayhorn. I'm the CEO for the Houston Launch Point, and that's exactly what we mean. We are all about taking our distressed communities, our struggling communities, our communities that are broken. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I hate the most are our wasted communities, our wasted families, and our, and our youth. Uh, we have so much potential. You know, uh, how, time is up for us to allow that to just continue on just like it is. It's time to take our communities back, put our kids in positions uh, to be those professionals, to be those experts for the future. And it's time for us to become able to uh, become self-sufficient, sustain our own selves through economic development. Right. And so that's what Launch Point is all about. You know, how can we get to that place of equality in economic development? Right. Okay. So, so when you say take our communities back, for the people out there who don't know, because sometimes when you say things like they, they, some people act like they don't know who the hell they is. When you say taking that community back, who are we specifically taking it back from? Okay, let's, I would like to use the word distressed community. You okay. ever sent up a distressed signal? You ever uh, found yourself in a situation or you ever imagine a situation where it's time to send up a SOS, a distress mm-hmm. signal, to, it's time to burn a, a, a campfire for right. any plane that come over? Well, distress signals are all out throughout all our struggling communities and those distress signals say we need some help. You know, so many of us have been incarcerated. We need some help. So many of us are starving because we can't find adequate em- employment. McDonald's is not going to get it. So many of our children are calling for uh, dis- sending out a distress signal. They're not getting the proper education they need to be able to meet the challenges of tomorrow. You know, we're sending out a distress signal. Our senior citizens, you know, they need the kind of insurance, they need the kind of health care, they need the kind of supporting environment that will allow them to continue with some sort of a quality life. You know, distress signals saying that we need new businesses, we need businesses in our community that will help our community grow in a healthy uh, 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 a process where you can have a great quality of life for everybody in the community. There's an inequality here all over our communities between different neighborhoods. There's some inequality between different neighborhoods, and we need to uh, come together with some methods where we can bring our neighborhoods that are struggling. For so many years, we need to come up with our methods for bringing our communities up. And the direction is going to be through economic development. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do we hold these companies that eat off the hood 
all the time. They, you know, you got these companies like McDonald's and Chevron and these liquor companies, all of these companies, uh, they eat off the hood, but very seldom do they invest in the hood. Well, you're so right. If you look around in your neighborhoods, just count the number of stores that are black owned, count the number of gas stations that are black owned, count the number of nail shops, cleaners, all of those places where we take our dollars to, you know, look at those places and take a look at who's actually there and then ask yourself the question, what are they contributing back to the community to help that grow that community in a way where uh, the children can do well, jobs can prosper, you know, new businesses can start. Uh, when you take a look at that, you start beginning to see that the money that you have, the money that the community has, uh, is going straight out of the community and is not returning. And that is a significant problem in our community. Yeah, yeah, I've read a story once where they said that the average Asian dollar leaves the community in 30 days, the average uh, Hispanic dollar leaves in 10 days, the average white dollar leaves in 15, the average black dollar leaves in one day. So there you go. There you go. Right. And see, Willie D, it all works with money circulation. Mm -hmm. not money going in one direction and not coming back. Right. You see, when you take money and spend it, that money is supposed to uh, be able to create a job, uh, create some type of profit that can go right back into the business, right back into the community. But when that money, that when that dollar that you spend keeps right on going out of the community, it's kind of like water. You know, uh, the, what makes water great is its ability to just circle around and come right back and replenish the land, replenish the land. But if water just goes to the land and then just keeps right on going, it's going to leave a desert-like uh, uh, garden. And so we want, we want money to stay in a cycle, a circle or a cycle. You know, it's a lot like what is happening to uh, different factions of our community. You know, we have this cycle of incarceration. That's money circulating. Mm -hmm. You know, the moment our children say, let's just say our children in, uh, goes into the third grade, the moment that they find that one of our young blacks can't read, that's a money, that's one of them ching-ching things. You know, because that sets off that sets off development for a prison. Mm -hmm. And so now there so there's that, money in the miseducation of the black male and female. You we, don't say if we ever get money education together, uh, we'll be way on down the road as far as catching up with the rest of society in this country here. I wish that our schools actually taught money education. I wish we could get a diploma in money get a degree in money because this whole thing is about money. How come it's not being taught? You know, I, I want to say that, you know, for my viewers out here who are not black, I want you guys to understand that this is not about being anti anything, but it's about being pro yourself, just like you guys, like you guys get it. All the non-blacks, <laughs> y'all get it. Everybody get it. But black people, and when you guys get it, nobody holds it against you. Like, nobody holds it against Hispanics spending money with Hispanics. Nobody holds it against white people who only spend with white folks. Nobody uh, holds uh, Asians uh, accountable for just only spending money with the Asian community, and they do it better than anybody. Uh, nobody holds it against them. Nobody says it's racist for them to only spend with each other. When it comes to black people, uh, people have a problem with me just talking about that. I'm sure there's some non-blacks watching this show right now, listening to this show. Got a problem with me just saying black people need to spend money with black people. We're not saying don't spend money with anybody else at all because that's almost impossible in, in this nation to do anyway. But we're saying that black people need to spend their money with black people 
more often than they spend their money with anybody because if you want the solution to a lot of these problems, it goes right to the root of economic development, just like Ivory has been saying all along, and not just Ivory, but so many people get this. So many people out there keep telling black people, spend your money with each other. You want to get out of this rut. You want the police stop going upside your head. You want the police stop coming through your hood, running amok. You want the game makers and, and the, 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 the gangsters and dope dealers to, to get out of the hood. <laughs> you got to become economically empowered. And the way you do it is to spend money with your own people. Everybody gets it, but us. Why is it so hard to get this message through the heads of black people when every other ethnicity out there gets it? Why we can't get it? Uh, Willie D, let me uh, kind of talk on that a little bit. Uh, what I see and what I have seen over the years is there are different environments for different cultures. Mm -hmm. Now, our cultures mix and they match and they kind of intermingle with each other. But what I have found is that uh, depending on the culture, there is a particular type of economy that is flowing there. Now, if it's, if it's Hispanic or if it's Asian, of course, uh, they are spending a lot of time with each other when it comes down to money transactions mm -hmm. and doing business with themselves. But the thing about it is, within those communities, there are infrastructure that exists that allow for uh, easy money right. exchange with each other. <laughs> now, yeah, let's go into right. <laughs> let's go into the struggling uh, uh, urban neighborhoods within the city, say Fifth Ward, you know, uh, Cashmere Garden or something like that, where there's no infrastructure for spending those things that you like to buy and do all the time. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that, you know, you want to go to the movies where there's no movie theater in Fifth Ward or, or Cashmere Garden that's for the neighborhood. Uh, if you want to go and spend some money to go bowling, if you want to go and spend some money at Walmart, in these particular neighborhoods, there's no infrastructure. Now, in these neighborhoods that have the Walmarts and that have the uh, bowling alleys and, you know, uh, shopping strips, whatever, uh, it allows for you to start small businesses nearby and around there where your, where your neighborhoods can spend money. But in those neighborhoods that have been thrown away and left neglected, like so many of our uh, mostly black neighborhoods, there are struggling white neighborhoods and, and Hispanic and all of that. And when I speak about struggling neighborhoods, I talk about all of these types of neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Because where there is pain and suffering uh, in this country, it really need not be because it's enough to go around. But when it comes down to infrastructure, economic development can thrive or economic development can actually, lack of economic development can actually just destroy neighborhoods. And see, that's what is happening not only in, in the city of Houston's most weakest neighborhoods, it's happening in neighborhoods all across the country. And so we would like to bring our weaker neighborhoods up with the stronger neighborhoods in, in the city, and then the whole city can be strong. Right. But we need, some, we need some infrastructure. But if we don't have the infrastructure, we're going to have to come up with our own uh, made-up mind that we're going to participate in growing our neighborhoods. Uh, we can do that through those, some simple things just by watching where you spend your money and watching how you spend your money, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I'm going to tell you something that I was impressed by. Uh, those entrepreneurs out there who are in the hair business. Uh -huh. Now, look, you know, I, you know, I wrote the song. Okay, I ain't got to tell you the title. But, hey, you know, if you're going to spend money, if, if you're going to have black women spending billions of dollars on a product, then they, you need to figure out a way to get in so you can get some of those billions of dollars. Especially if you're black, you need to figure out a way to get some of those billions of dollars. And I'm seeing some guys who are black 
who are getting into the business, into the hair business, and they, they're like, hey, man, buy your hair from me. And, and, and black women are responding. They're buying their hair from these black entrepreneurs. And these hair businesses, they're flourishing, man. I mean, they're, they're like, these guys getting loot, like real loot. So that's a good place to start. Start with those items that people either need or they want. And a lot of times what we want will go out of our way to get. And women don't need hair, but they want it. And they will spend any price to get it. And I'm loving the guys out there that, that are starting those uh, hair businesses, man. And we need to look at some of the other things that we like, you know, that we really, really like that we can't live without and start those also. Right. Willie D., uh, that is just such a perfect uh, known truth about our neighborhoods. You know, the good part about our neighborhoods, uh, as much as they are neglected, there are genius-type minds in our neighborhoods, and that's what keeps me going every day because I know what we really have underneath all of the surface. You just gave a description of a perfect example of products and services that we are capable of producing in our neighborhoods. And we're talking about products and services that can get into the millions and get into the billions mm -hmm. if we're just simply just concentrate and put our minds together on the business portion of what we are able to do. And so that's right back to the economic development that I mean for our community. If we would just put our minds together on business, strictly business, not so much of having the fun and, and just producing something, but we have to have the minds of someone that is on their way to producing a very viable and very profitable business. We are building other cultures' businesses because they are operating real businesses. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is do the same thing. And I can guarantee you, with the genius, with the mental, with the, with the mind power that I have seen in our communities of minorities, we have the potential to create some of the most awesome business ventures ever known uh, in, in our lifetime. Right. And one of the things that I see often, too, is that a lot of times black people have to see somebody black doing it to know that they can do it, too. And that's OK, I guess. That's OK. But somebody somebody has to be first. So I always salute the guy that that's that says, you know what, I don't give a damn. I'm going to do it. I don't care if, if, if nobody that looks like me has never done it. You know, if another person can do it, if it can. It, who says it? What is that saying? If I can believe it, I can achieve it. That is correct. And so right. you're right. There's a lot of brilliant people who come from the hood. Right. Um, I remember this guy telling me once, he said that this is back in my cowboy western days. I was locked up in the county and this guy was in there and he was uh, he was a uh, Middle Eastern dude and he was earning thirty thousand dollars a month for his corner store. And I didn't think that was any real money at the time. You know, like, yeah, you know, I mean, I was getting braided. I was caked up. You know, like I'm like, I didn't really think. I was like thirty thousand a month. You know, I don't really sound like no whole lot of money, because uh, I, because I'm thinking about my time. I'm thinking, man, I got to sit up in that store every day. I, you know, you can, you're gonna have a corner store. You got to be in there. You know, otherwise you're gonna get robbed blind. So I'm thinking, I got to be in there every day, man. I'm, I'm trying to go get these millions, man. You know, I ain't trying to, you know, be sitting up in in a corner store every day like that. And then I was like. Uh, and I looked, and he tried to sell it to me. He tried to, he tried to sell the stuff. Man, good price too. And I was like, Nah, man, I'm good, I'm good. And I didn't buy it. And I look back now, and I'm like, Man, I should, I should have came up on that. Mm -hmm. But we have to, a lot of times. What you going back to what you said? We're looking at the glamour. You know, right. if it's not glamorous, a lot of times we don't want anything to do with it. Right. But it ain't glamorous when you're struggling to pay your bills or it ain't glamorous when you jump out there and do something foul and you get caught up and then you have to give all that money you made back to a lawyer or to, 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 to get through the day when you're locked up or give all your money back to your people or whatever you didn't give away. Uh, somebody found your stash and they got it and then you come back out 
with nothing but some, uh, you know, some gray hair and a whole bunch of missed years and your kids are grown, grown and you have missed a whole lifetime of your people. You know, that right there, man, ain't nothing cool about that. We're going to continue this conversation when we come right back. Right. Hey, you're checking out Willie D Live. So getting back to this glamorous part, man, how do we convince that guy who has done 15, 20 years or just maybe downtrodden and, and he just don't see a way out and he's used to just doing it, getting it, getting that quick money? How do we convince him that the way to go is to take that same tenacity and use it? to where you ain't got to watch your back, to where you, whatever hustle that you got, you ain't got to worry about somebody coming along and taking it away, taking all your possessions away and taking you away, removing you from your children so you can be where you're robbed of the opportunity to watch them grow up mm -hmm. and give them those valuable life lessons. You're not passing that on mm -hmm. to as a responsibility to some guy who don't give a damn about your kids. How do we get our young men, our men to understand that. Not just young men, but we got some men that are 50, 60 years old still out here taking these type of chances. Right, right. Well, uh, hey, Willie, I uh, twice a month go over to uh, Harris County Department of Juvenile Probation mm -hmm. to talk to anywhere from, six, from 70 to about 130 kids. And most of them are young black men. And these black men these young black men have been following, following the wrong example. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just like you just mentioned, we have a lot of older adults, men, who have been out on the street for a long time and they've been hustling in their own way. Some, of the, a few do well, but most fail. And what I would like to say to our young uh, uh, minorities, uh, especially black males, mm -hmm. is that there are thousands of blacks, uh, thousands of minorities that have saw the inside of a prison for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And they have come out of there. And if I tell you, they have learned how the real system operates and they have found ways to outperform some of the businesses, uh, some of the owners of companies uh, who never even experienced the inside of a prison or the inside of struggle. And what I'm saying is, one of the things that we do as Launch Point is we train individuals for jobs and we also help individuals find job placement. Mm -hmm. But but surprisingly, uh, a lot of the employers who have hired uh, some of our uh, ex-offenders, some of our juveniles who've been in trouble, uh, some of our most difficult and problem young people, there have been in, we have employers who have been in the same path, highly intelligent individuals, Guess what? They are very friendly to these individuals who have struggled with incarceration, friendly to those individuals who struggle with probation, and, and all of those difficulties that come when the system, uh, when, the, when an individual has found themselves struggling inside the system. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is there are powerful examples out here uh, business owners, very successful, who were just like those who have been incarcerated, those who have been in, uh, on probation, and they understand so well that they actually hire, not only hire, but they mentor individuals who believe that they can come out of, I don't have a chance. To I have every chance. They're looking huh. for those individuals who are looking, who have. <laughs> Say that again, who brother. Who I don't have a chance. To I have every, every chance. chance. Oh, That's man. a transformed That's set of think yeah. thoughts and thinking. 
That's what we want to get over through all our community. You know, when you've been stumped on so long, when you've struggled so long, you plant in the back of your mind this thing called, I don't have a chance. Mm -hmm. But see, that thing that was planted there is not true. The only thing that's true is that you've been stumped on, but you have every (laughs) chance still exists. It still exists. But somebody, somewhere, somehow needs to pull that thought back together that you have every chance of making it in this world here. The first thing that you got to do is grab hold to that. Just grab hold to that fact that you have every chance. And I just mentioned there's examples all around where that fact is proven. So do not put yourself down because you've been stumped on and beat up on so much that you don't have a chance. When you, when you take on and tell yourself that you don't have a chance, mm-hmm. guess what? You just put the last nail in your cast. Huh. You just stumped yourself for the last time. And I'll tell you that let that piece go and pull the piece that says, I have every chance. And when you do, go out into the community where those types of people are. Leave your buddies alone that don't have a chance, mm-hmm. that think they don't have a right. chance. Right. And they live with don't have a chance. And put yourself in an environment with people who are going somewhere. Uh, be a part of a local community center. Be a part of a church that's doing something. That's now. great advice. A church that's doing something. Right. Don't just hang around with somebody that's not doing nothing. Identify who's doing something. Now your neighborhood is not going to work unless somebody's doing something. Somebody's got to be doing something right in that neighborhood in order for it to make it. In order for it to function. And whether it's a neighborhood that's just got a few folk that's doing right. Or if it's a neighborhood like the upscale neighborhoods, got people everywhere, mm-hmm. companies everywhere, just flourishing. Catch the bus, get over there, hang around, volunteer. Say, let say, just, let me just learn from you, please, sir. Yeah. You'll be surprised when you believe that you have every chance. You'll be supply, surprised at how many chances you wind up with. Yeah, yeah. Let me revisit something you said earlier. You were talking about those employers who are eager to, to teach and to hire ex-offenders. Uh, but what about those employers who hire ex-offenders and trample over their rights, you know, who, who, who are bullies? You know, they know that I can, I can treat this guy a little differently uh, than I can treat other people because he needs this job and he better not say nothing crazy. He better not raise his hand to try to touch me or anything because I'll put him back in jail. They have employers out there that's like that. And it's, it's more than you think. It's more than the average person might think. That is correct. I would suggest that you use that as a stepping stone to a plan that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to work for these companies, the bottom line is you work, they pay. You work, they pay. Well, if you're going there without a plan, then once again, when the pressures of the job, like the pressures of our communities come down on you, you begin to get that mind again that I don't have a chance. Mm -hmm. But see, if you're walking in there with the mind that I have every chance, it will help you to override all the stress that would come from an employer who is inconsiderate uh, of its employees. Mm-hmm. And it's a, lot of, it's a lot of employers out there like that. But guess what? You're on the highway to a place, a destination of prosperity and ability to be in control of your life. And you only look at that as a stop, as a, as a stop along the way mm-hmm. to the place where you're on the way to. Like I say, that stop is for you to work and for him to pay. The only thing that you really need to think about is, are you working and is he paying? Right. And then you want to take that money and you want to do something special with it. 
You want to invest in yourself so you can move on to the next step down the highway. How, how do you invest in yourself? Let's say you earning a, just, you know, a mediocre amount of money. You're just getting by with the money that you have. How do you, get, how do you position yourself to earn more money, to get out of that funk, get out of that cycle of living paycheck to paycheck? Mm-hmm. Well, what I have seen a lot of our people do that are coming out of uh, Lydia Halfway House and, you know, some of the, uh, some of the uh, houses that people go after they leave the county or the state prisons and all of that, you know, that's a big question that is in the minds of all of these individuals that are just trying to start all over again. But see, that's the thing is this is an elephant that you're trying to eat as far as uh, when it comes down to, I'm trying to get my life straight. Well, as much as we would like, we would love to just go and instantly become uh, from no income to strong, positive income. We would Mm -hmm. love to do that. But instead, most of us have to have some place where we start. And that place that we start is beginning our reputation. You know, money comes off of reputations. Everybody goes up there to McDonald's because McDonald's has a reputation for the burgers that they sell. Okay. Uh, the, the ladies who you mentioned with the hair thing, uh, they are building a reputation with this hair thing. And so people come out of nowhere so they can put money into the hair thing because they have a reputation. Now, I know that starting out on a job is paying minimum wage. Uh, When you are thinking like a business person, you're going to begin to think about what best you can do with this money versus going out every Friday and Saturday and buying a beer and that kind of thing. You just said the operative word, man. Business. Very good. That you have to think business. You, you can't just think like a consumer. You can't just think that, okay, all the money I'm getting, I'm, I'm spending it. You know, maybe you're spending it for a moment, but, you know, you're still thinking business. If you, if you, if you program yourself to think business, then you won't be spending that money on frivolous things, and you will figure out a way to save something or position yourself to get that to get that, uh, what do you call it, that, that, that uh, what am I trying to say, that promotion. That next or even right. the next job. Right. You know, uh-huh. that's, it, where you can save some money. You know, you know, you ask that question, and it sounds in the minds of people that it's an impossible journey. But if I tell you, I see foreigners come over here who can't even speak English. I see individuals come over here who have both legs gone, totally disabled. But now, I know where you're going, but, I, but going back to the form, foreigners, in, in fairness, right? they do have an infrastructure in place when they come over here to get them on their feet that we don't have. Correct, <laughs> correct. They do, but uh, uh, some of these foreigners that come over here, they miss the actual boat that could actually take them to those places where you're talking about. Okay. But what I'm saying is there's a thing, there's a thing inside our mind that will open doors, that will open our minds up to uh, being uh, progressive in everything that we do. We have got to try to reach inside ourselves and say to ourselves that, you know what, it's something in this life that I want. And and I can tell you that if you start caring and wanting and wanting to do something strong for yourself, it's hard to explain, but individuals, uh, uh, things, in the, things in your surroundings begin to believe with you. It's, this is why I like doing this show, man. The people that I have on this show are so dynamic, like the way that they think. You know, what you're, t- what you're saying right now is hitting me because I, I know I apply this to my own life. When I started applying this to my own life, 
I started doing better. You know, I started feeling better. I started feeling empowered. Right. It was the thinking. It's right. like thinking like a business person, thinking business. You right. have to always think right. business, even when you do when you are a consumer. But you have to think like a business person. You know, my my uh, my my videographer and my 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 uh, my uh, uh, director and everything else, Jarrell. Right. You know, he talks to his son. He's like his son is like uh, six, seven years old. And he tells his son, what do you, he asks his son, he got this stain that he, all the time, he, tell, he asks his son, he say, uh, he say, what are you going to be when you grow up? And he say, a boss, seven years old. Wow. I'm going to be a boss. Wow. That's the mentality. That's how you have to think. I highly encourage everyone that is struggling and having a hard time believing that they can do well, follow that seven-year-old's mindset. <laughs> yeah. You know, make a statement. Right. Make a statement with your life that right. I can be and I will be whatever that particular dream or particular gift that you have. Go on and make a statement. You don't have to have it today. Expect that you're going to have it tomorrow. And one more powerful thing, uh, in the, people have the idea that money is going to create the person. Money is huh. going to create the mind. It's the <laughs> other way around. How do we get money? It starts with Ooh, the mind. Man. It starts with the oh, mind. Man. If you want to find a way to make money, start with the idea in your mind that it can be done and it will be done. And you will not accept anything less than that. And when the thought comes back around that says, Man, but what about your past? Man, but what about all the struggles you had? Man, what about all the... When that comes around, slap it down. Yeah. Slap it down and say, I'm a new person today. And going forward, I'm making my statement. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to become in the future. And not only that, this is what I expect of myself and of my life. And this is what I pursue no matter what the challenges are that I face every day. Every time that little thought comes back around, have that kind of conversation with it, you'll but be surprised at what changes happen. Now, here's the thing about that thought. You, you, you're spot on. <laughs> but here's the thing about that thought. A lot of times, you don't even have that thought until somebody reminds you of who you were. Very good. And then you go, oh, man. Yep. You know, start internalizing it. And then all over again, start to believe it a little bit it start the doubt starts to creep in right remember earlier when i mentioned go and hang around somebody that's doing something right go and hang around somebody that's going someplace go and hang around somebody that thinks different than what you are used to thinking like go hang around them and guess what you'll start picking up some of those same uh attitudes some of those same habits some of those same ways and guess what you also start picking up some of that same money that they're making around right. here. Why, why, do, why do we listen to people who haven't achieved the, the level of success that we aspire wow. to, to, to achieve? Why, wow. do we, why do we give them so much? Why do we give their statements so much credence? Wow. You know, it's a, it's a funny thing to, to come up in the, uh, in the most struggling neighborhoods. You know, uh, when I was when I was first, you know, uh, when I first began to realize, you know, what my life, where I was in life, and all of that, uh, I began to see that my surroundings. There was something wrong with my surroundings. But be before I began to see that there was something wrong with my surroundings, I thought all of my surroundings were right. Right. And, and that's all I knew. Uh, all I knew was the people who were around me. And generally speaking, all of those are the same mental type folk that think about the same old things all the time. And so to be, in, to be on an island, you feel like this is, this is 
Fifth Ward, Texas. This is Fifth Ward, USA. Right. It don't get no better than this, there, baby. There's not any this better thing than this right here. So yeah. buckle down and make like make whatever your life is going to be right here, right. right now. But guess what? You can be born in a desert, and all you know is cactus. But guess what? Somebody comes along traveling through uh, from New York City, and all of a sudden they start talking about high-rise buildings and, and prosperous um, uh, millionaires, and they start talking about, you know, how uh, it's, it's hot cocoa and, and, and it's... Uh, Lattes. And all. <laughs> all of those great things. And, you, and, and he's, they're telling you that while you suck on cactus. Right. And you start wondering... And you start thinking, well, shoes, I've been sucking on this cactus all this time. <laughs> right. I think I need to go taste something different for a change. Let me go find out for myself if this is real. And because we have very few of those that come to our communities or come back to our communities and give back mm -hmm. and lead the way, we missed that boat, brother. We missed that boat. Man, let's talk about these people that take, take, take and been given so much by the hood and have not given back who refuse to accept their responsibilities when we come back. You're checking out Willie D. Live. <laughs> Tell me what the responsibility is for those people who do get out, that make it out and make a good life for themselves and have all these resources. Tell me what their responsibility is, because a lot of times when it comes to black people, people like to say, well, it's his money. He can do what he want to do with it. Mm -hmm. Well, you didn't help her make it. She can do what she want to do with it. Right. But like an other communities, it's automatic. They mm -hmm. automatically, and, and oftentimes, many of the people who criticize us for criticizing the black people don't give back. They're good people. They're doing good in their neighborhoods, and they're, they're giving back, and you know they're holding people accountable. But mm -hmm. they're telling us, don't hold the black guy accountable. Mm -hmm. He can do what he want to do with his money. Why is that? What's going on with that? <clears throat> well, um, that's another great point that you're bringing up and it's a sad point that it's unfortunate in our communities uh, the best of the best as far as ability to say provide a service provide some type of entertainment provide a product the best of the best are you might say influenced or uh, persuaded to go and participate or develop other neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. In other words, you take all that talent and all of that financial gain that was produced uh, in the struggling community and you go and move into another community and you spend all your money and all your talent in those other communities, building those communities. Whether they know it or not, that's Participating what, in our own oppression. That's correct. Um, and this is, that's why I say it's a sad thing that that is going on because they pride themselves on being pretty intelligent. You know, once they have gained that financial mm -hmm. uh, potential and, and uh, that particular skill that they have, they gain themselves on being intelligent. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, there's a lack of intellectual thought, uh, wisdom, and actually, uh, and, uh, and actually uh, uh, understanding as to where they really fit, how they fit, and what they actually should be plugging themselves into. Uh, the, only thing that, the only thing that I can say about that is, uh, besides it being sad, is that we need to take our communities where they are and we need to plant seeds where those particular seeds will reharvest, replant right back into our own communities. What we're doing right now is uh, we're, we're, planting, we're planting seeds 
only a few reach it to some type of maturity, those seeds are extracted out. No reproducing of seeds are going back into the land. And so what we really need to do is as we take our communities and begin to look inside to see how we can begin to flourish within our own communities, we need to plant those types of seeds that will encourage those who are now going to do well to actually be a part of the bigger picture that grows a whole community. And guess what? When they do that, they'll find that their income levels go, high, go even higher. Those individuals who leave our communities with those particular skills and those particular uh, financial abilities, a lot of them find themselves overpaying big time in the other communities. So many of them go bankrupt. And you notice that they come flying back to the, to the very neighborhood yeah. that they turned their backs on mm-hmm. so they can crank start all over again. I can understand them coming back, but why do we so readily accept their asses? Why? There's a slave mentality here. I'm, I'm sorry. Let's just, Explain that. Let's just get right down to it. Uh, well, there's some, there's some uh, programming that has happened uh, maybe 100 years ago, unfortunately, mm-hmm. where there was, there was division between the very slaves that were forced to work. There was division. Division was uh, you got your field slaves and you got your house slaves. Mm-hmm. The house slaves are those that are those few that come up out of the field and they're educated. Uh, they're provided a skill. They have some type of entertainment about them that for the most part, Main Street at large love to see us act a fool in mm-hmm. entertainment. They like to see us provide skills at the lowest cost. They like to see us provide pro- products at ridiculously low cost, and we go and do that. And that was something that was learned, unfortunately, years before our time. Mm-hmm. And it's been handed down, and it has not been switched around in any kind of significant way where we can turn things uh, the other way. And so until we are able to get a hold to, you know, how our connection really do work here, we're going to have that kind of loss, major loss, leaving our communities and going to other communities and actually strengthening them even more so to do (laughs) what they do uh, uh, to mm-hmm. weaken to weaken the communities who are already weaker. It's just a sad thing. You got that right. Yeah. I often say, man, that one of the biggest problems I think with the black community. I, well, I, I actually think the biggest problem is not the poor and uneducated blacks. It's not the poor and uneducated blacks. It is the well-off and educated blacks because. If they were to do what every other ethnicity do, every other uh, person from other ethnic groups do, right. you would not see the hood and dire, con- the dire conditions that they are all across America. You just wouldn't. It is the neglect of those who have made it that is the reason for it more than anything. Now, we understand that we do have systemic racism going on. We know that cops target our, our neighborhoods for failure, and they you know, write like the absorbent amount of, 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 of tickets and stuff like that, and you know, black people probably you know, are responsible for at least 70% of all municipalities' income. We understand that. That is targeted. That's, that, that's, that all comes from systemic racism. But there are some things that, we do, that are self-inflicted, and I do believe that the educated black person and the ones who got the money, they are worse because they know better. See, many people that are poor and educated, they don't know. They don't even understand how the system works. But these so-called smart ones and the ones who got the bread, who's been out there, who's, who's called themselves trying to assimilate, they know better. They know better. Willie D, let's talk about who these people are. 
Yeah, you know, Charles Barkley, Stacey Dash, Jason Whitlock, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. Um, oh, man, this is, man hell, let me get my list. Wait, well, hey, let's... Uh... Uh, no, <laughs> go ahead. Let's go into. Some, hey, so I got a whole list of coons, brother. Let's let's go into some other areas. How about some of our elected officials? Oh man! How about some of our? Uh, <laughs> how about some of our top pastors? How about some of our top educators? Yeah, yeah you, you, know, you, you own something. You own something. How about now. some of our astronauts? You own something now. You know uh, <laughs> what? 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 What do we do? What do we do? We we've been on these. We've been on these politicians for a minute. But what do we do about these pastors? Because when we talk about spending this money in the hood, where this money is going, much of that money goes into the black church. And what are these black churches giving back to the communities that they so-called serve or these communities that they set up shop in? And even when they're not setting up shop in the community, sometimes they set up shop in other communities so they can get the bigger church and the nice feel and all that kind of stuff. And people migrate to go to the church. They get they got a forty five you got to drive forty five minutes to get to church. Right. And they spending this all of this money, and these black churches are taking this money, and they putting these this money in banks that are not black owned, and these many of these banks are servicing loans to people who are oppressing black people. So we're basically participating in our own oppression. Now you got some people out there say, well, well I don't see color, and I, I, they do. I don't see, I don't see race, they, they, do, they do. Like I don't, I don't understand the mentality, man. Like what, what do we do about these guys? Right. The soul savers. Right. You know, we started off talking about, you know, inequality and economic uh, development in our communities. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of us are part of the problem, including the churches. And uh, if the churches would just simply take a portion of that investment, I know Jesus would have done it. And just, <laughs> and just put it back into the community in, instead of uh, instead of uh, hoarding this money. Even Jesus said, "Don't be stacking up all of these treasures and all of this." Um, uh, if they would just simply take and put a portion of that back into something good in the community, uh, all communities would be a whole lot better off. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that's not happening either. And uh, but the people are putting the money into these facilities or these individuals. The people are putting the money there. And unfortunately, the people are not coming to terms with what is happening to their life based on what they are doing with their money. And uh, part of this journey that we're talking about with becoming, the, uh, having your mind become the mind of a business thinking person, mm -hmm. uh, it would incorporate, you know, what you also do when it comes down to churches. Right, right. Let's, let's talk about the organization that, that you run, um, okay. LaunchPoint. Right. What are some of the services that you provide? Okay, LaunchPoint is all about four, actually five different uh, uh, services and programs. Mm -hmm. Number one, we know that the main problem that is systemic, that's causing all of the difficulties in our communities is money. And so the, one of the first things that we're doing is training. Job training, the type of training that uh, provide a certification that they mm -hmm. can take and go around the country and potentially be qualified for to walk into just about any kind of construction job. Uh, if they already have some type of training, we try to help them with upgrade their skills, whether it be computers, whether it be something special in the health field. We try to just upgrade their skills and just add a little bit more uh, training uh, certifications to what they already have so they can increase their income uh, potential on the, on the job. Number two is we do job placement. Uh, everybody, whether you're ex-offender or whether you just got out of college or whether you just got fired, everybody needs job placement, some type of job placement resources. You can try to find resources on your own and 
you know, jobs on your own and all of that, but there's a network out there that you plug into that kind of accelerates your ability to find work. Mm-hmm. You know, number three is we help new businesses get started. Uh, within yeah, that's our, a good one. That's a real good one right there. Oh, yeah. Well, all of them are real good, but, you know, we talk oh, about yeah. this money, man. Let's talk about this money. Well, if you notice, uh, I'm going one, two, three. You know, training. Got to have the first one first. Right. And then, yeah. Right. right. If you, yeah, if you, if you notice, you got to have something that people want. Right. People will pay money for. So go on and get a good skill that people will pay money for. Now, they can pay it to you directly or they can pay it to your employer. Mm-hmm. But in, e- in either case, people are paying for your particular skill. Huh. Oh, damn, man. I never heard that. This dude. Damn. I never heard it put like that. Yeah. They can, now, it's your service. They're paying for your services one way or the other, whether they're paying you directly or they're paying you through your employer. He's just a, uh, wow. a, a middleman. He's a broker. He's just, yeah, he's just a broker. <laughs> wow. Right. Unfortunately, he takes home the lion's share of the money. Man, I hope y'all out there. Man, I hope y'all listening, man, and I hope y'all apply this information. Ask McDonald. Damn. Ask McDonald. You can go home your own self and fix your own doggone french fries <laughs> and hamburger. Why you got to go? <laughs> wow. And they can pay you for a doggone burger and fries that you can, that you can produce better than you could at McDonald's. Right. Okay, so now you got this big McDonald brokerage um, uh uh, a program across the whole United States. They sell them by the billions, sell them by the billions, and nobody even comes to terms with, I can make my own doggone burgers and fries, and I can sell, and I can make a better burger and fries than these still folk here. And right. in today's time, when everybody's looking for healthy ways, you know, to live and healthy ways to kind of like keep your body alive and you can live longer, you know, it makes perfect sense to start your own hamburger shop. Right. And so you can, you can, you can become skilled with something that people will pay for, and they're doing it all the time. You can go up there to your neighborhood cafe, your soul food cafe right now, and find that out for a fact. And before you go to the next one, okay. and, and we get too far along, I just want to say real quick that when you start that business, you don't have to have a storefront. You don't have to have a brick and mortar. You start out of your home like most billionaires have done. Start in your garage, you know, start fixing those plates and you can grow it. I mean, force yourself to where you make and getting so many orders that now you have to get a business. I mean, you have to get a building. Right. Yeah. And, and see, and see, that's the type of new business starts that we teach. You know, we're not going to teach the, that formal stuff that gets you all confused and all of that, you know, where all of this red tape, you got to go through this, you got to go through that. No, we're going to get right down to it. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a particular skill or you need a particular skill. Let's hone that bad boy and get it where it's marketable. Get it where it's marketable. Now we get into a place where you can actually, for the first time in your life, start a business. Now the thing is going to depend on your mentality. Right. If the mentality is still, you know, one of... Man, I don't know, and all that. You you need to just leave it alone. Just just go go back to where you came from until you can get that together. Yeah, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. That's right. That's right. He's gonna have to drink it all by himself. Right. Right. And so once he does drink this water all by himself, now he's primed and ready to walk out into a business world and begin to receive customers. And the number one thing you want to have is customer service. Mm-hmm. You got a skill. Now, customer service. Everybody knows that uh, if you go to, let's use McDonald's again. If you go to McDonald's and they serve you a burger, and, that, and, and uh, uh, let's just say they serve you a burger and they don't put the wrapping on it, and they just throw it out there to you, you know, the first thing you're going to do is turn off, and you're, gonna, uh, and, and you're going to uh, uh, all of a sudden have an attitude about McDonald's. Let's just say that you go up there to McDonald's and uh, the, uh, the person that's handling your order has an attitude. Say, what do you yeah. want? Why yeah. are you here today? You know, all of a sudden, you're going to say, I'm not coming back here. I'm not spending no more money here. You see, it's customer service that brings the money in there. The customer service is even more important than your skill. We have people out here 
who then found a way to sell a doggone rock. But the way they sold a rock is they used customer service. They used a type of marketing and customer service that made that rock become valuable enough to somebody that they come out of their pocket and they <laughs> pay for it. <laughs> right. Y'all, it's some fundamental things that are out here available that is being worked every day. It's not rocket science. It doesn't take a genius to get involved in it. All it takes is a willing heart and somewhat of a belief or somewhat of a faithful system that these particular things can work for you. And if you can just get some little fundamental, I can believe and then begin to invest in yourself, get a skill, and then take on the next path in starting your own side business. You're on your mm -hmm. way to that place where you could never have imagined uh, the type of prosperity you can get out of it. Now, Ivory, I know you like what you do, but what is the most frustrating part about your job? Oh, I would say the most frustrating part would be... Uh, uh, what you mentioned earlier about the neglect and the non uh, the non participation of our individuals who have made it uh, who have who have who have been become very successful and done well for themselves mm -hmm. when they leave and they become successful a lot of times they're beat up so bad <laughs> that they don't want to even ever <laughs> come back to this place again. But you know, here's, here's the thing, that these guys, you're right, a lot, all of us have been beat up, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. you, 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 if you, you're growing up in the hood, man, and you know, you, it's rough. But right. when you, you also have to consider people like the Michael Jordans of the world, if not for the hood, if not for those dudes from the hood, he's not as great as he is because the hood is going to bring the best. If, you, if you're an athlete and you're really good, it, right. chances are, you know, you're from the hood, okay? If you're like, like really, really just exceptionally good and, and you play like, and, and you're, you're involved in like a, like a really physical sport, chances are, you know, you got those uh, skills. You was tested in the hood. You got right. those skills from the hood. It was, so, in my mind, in my crazy mind, I'm thinking that you owe some type of gratitude to to go back and 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 give and just show your appreciation. If not for the hood, you're not as good as you are. Well, why why of course you do, uh, Willie D. Uh, of course you owe something back to the communities that you came from. You know, I look at our communities now that I have been out here for years and years. I look at our communities as testing ground, as building grounds, you know, as, as, grounds, to, uh, as grounds to test our metal before we go out and do battle and, do, and face the challenges in the real world. If we could look at our communities like that, uh, we would be we would become some of the most awesome, powerful communities you know in this country. If you what you just said was right on when you said that whatever those particular sports are, whatever those particular skills are, you actually become even better because of the pressures in the community, the demands in these types of struggling communities. Mm -hmm your skills become even 10 times more stronger than if it came in the other communities where it doesn't take all of that, uh, it, uh, all of that energy. And, and you don't also, you don't have the drive. Correct. Because when you got a skill and everybody know you're really, really good, and the whole community get behind you like, boy, that boy going somewhere. That boy going to get out of here. He going to make it. And you know it's like, this is, this is, this is make it. This is this is make it a bust. I got to make this thing happen. That's right. And when you come out of these flames, you come out a really and truly the type of the type of honed, skilled ability that mm -hmm. just that can just propel you right on into Ax Obama into the next millennium. Ax right. Obama. You come out of those neighborhoods. You get it together. You begin to believe, and you soar. 
pass and become better than any president we ever knew. Now I know exactly. Now I know what you do requires money. So oh, let's yeah. just talk about this money. How do people get to you if they want to donate to your organization? Oh, fantastic. Well, first of all, they can go to our website. Uh, they can go to www.thelaunchcenter.org, T-H-E, launch, L-A-U-N-C-H, center, C-E-N-T-E-R.org. Thelaunchcenter.org. Be sure and put the word the in front of launchcenter.org. And they can find a lot of more information about what we do. And if they want to join forces with Launch Point and become part of neighborhoods, families, and youth being launched to the next level up. So, so, that's, so that's if they want to make donations or if they want to volunteer or just partner up any kind of way. That's the contact, right? Right, right. Okay. And, and, they can, and they'll find the email. They can always email or they can always call an 800 number, 1-800-596-1250. They can, uh, they can do the website or they can call 1-800-596-1250. Ladies and gentlemen, Ivory Mayhorn, remember the name. You dig? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thank you for having me, Willie D. For sure, y'all. Well, look here, y'all. It's been a pleasure. It's been a thrill to let you know how I feel. Some may grit and pitch a fit, but the watch on my wrist say that's all you're going to get. Until next time, y'all be good. If you can't be good, be great. Thank no you. No more thank talk. You.